Restaurant jobs, food jobs, service industry jobs. Slice or dice it however you like. There are hundreds of thousands of jobs in the food service industry. And this number has been growing steadily over the past decade. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, by the year 2020, the United States will have more people working in food service than in manufacturing. Who will fill all these new positions? At Catalyst Kitchens, we work with nonprofits across the country to help them prepare individuals with barriers to employment for jobs in food service. We also partner with restaurants, hotels, and other employers to make sure these training programs have strong hiring partners in place when graduates are ready to find work. I'm Emily Olson Harbick, and in this episode of Catalyst Kitchens Radio, we will hear from chefs, students, and nonprofit leaders about this hot, messy, delicious, fast-paced world we call food service. We'll begin in the kitchen. To successfully train people to work in food, it's important to first understand what chefs look for in their employees. We decided to see for ourselves and asked a handful of chefs what they think of as the most important qualities in a new hire. Chef Eduardo Jordan is the chef owner of Salar and June Baby restaurants in Seattle, Washington. In 2018, June Baby was rated the best new restaurant in the United States by the James Beard Foundation. You don't necessarily have to come in with a ton of skills into the kitchen. You know, you got to have a willingness to want to learn and the ability to learn. And so, you know, I look for people that are confident, however, still humble. And so, you know, that, that's like some of the first, first attributes that I'm looking at when I'm hiring. You know, are they able to listen? Are they able to learn? Are they able to absorb eye contact, how you shake your hand, telling me about what your futures are? kind of thing so you know what are your goals in the next two three four five years so you kind of have an outlook of where you want to go um you know that's part of my interview process that's pretty much as as it go and i can read a lot about people much of chef jordan's sentiments were echoed by the other chefs we spoke with for me it's really important to have someone that's a, a good listener that's engaged and um committed to being a team player. Uh, this business is all about being able to work in a team and trusting each other, especially in you know the heat of the moment and the stress and how close we have to work together. Um, to people that have a sense of how they can help um, and want to continually learn. People that are asking questions um, are people that I know are going to be successful. That's Chef Erica Burke of the Volunteer Park Cafe, also in Seattle. After interviewing over 20 chefs, we found a common theme emerge. You know, I, I think that really uh, a willingness to learn is really what, what it looks like. A person's attitude and willingness to learn and succeed and overcome obstacles is by far the most important aspect of a new hire. A willingness to learn. You got to have a willingness to want to, want to learn. Want to continually learn. Willingness to learn. A willingness to learn. To learn. 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 So what does this mean exactly, to possess a willingness to learn new things? 
We think of it as a proactive approach to self-improvement and the motivation to become more qualified. Where do these characteristics come from? It's hard to say for sure, but we do know that students in Catalyst Kitchen's training programs are encouraged to adopt this mentality from day one. Many start out with little to no actual culinary skills, but by the end of training, they find jobs in food service. It is possible to go to a job and move up really quickly, especially depending on like your pace. So like a lot of those kids, they come through, some of them may not even know how to hold a knife. But by the time they leave, they're like dicing this and chiffonading this and mincing this. And it's like, wow, like your progress in four months was amazing. That's Joya Barconi, a graduate of the Liberty's Kitchen job training program in New Orleans. When we consider the anticipated growth in food service jobs nationwide, there are few cities where this is more true than New Orleans, Louisiana. I get a great job afterwards that's gonna continue to pay me for the rest of my life. And then I can work my way up from there to say maybe, okay, I don't wanna just be a line cook, I wanna be an executive chef, or I don't wanna just be an executive chef, I wanna own a restaurant, you know? More than a third, 36% of New Orleans' net job growth between 2010 and 2016 came from food service businesses. To learn more about what's happening there, I sat down with Dennis Bagneris, the CEO of Liberty's Kitchen. I mean, a lot of the lifeblood of New Orleans exists around culture, tra tradition, and that's no better, in no better way, shape, or form, better exemplified through our hotel and hospitality networks, given that we're such a, a tourist-heavy uh, industry. Um, so the idea is to meet the needs of the employers, meet the needs of the young people with as fewer barriers as possible. Liberty's Kitchen is a nonprofit organization that specifically focuses on uh, the opportunity youth population, which are those local young adults between the ages of 16 and 24 years of age who are technically classified as out of work for some reason or out of school for any reason. Um, our opportunity with them is to take them under our roof and work with them on life skills development, uh, career and goal setting opportunities, professionalism, uh, and uh, workforce development training in the areas of culinary, hospitality, and the restaurant industries. Setting goals, developing professionalism, a lot of this translates into that willingness to learn that we heard about earlier. Dennis describes why he feels this kind of training and support system is so important for young people in his city. Unfortunately, the issue is the population that we deal with, Opportunity Youth, are met with a system of issues and a system of challenges. Uh, and I say system, you know, in, 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 in intentionally because it's not just like broken young people that we are uh, in the position to fix. As a matter of fact, our philosophies are that a lot of the young people that come through our program have been uh, under-supported, disenfranchised, criminalized, marginalized uh, for capital gain, uh, racial issues of inequities across sectors, uh, a lot of things that are prevalent in the South. Another Liberty's Kitchen student I spoke with, Solomon Parker, shared a bit about his experience in that system. Why did I leave school? Besides being a young knucklehead? <laughs> um, yeah. I guess you could say I wasn't really comfortable. I didn't really feel as though I was receiving enough. Like, I didn't feel like it was enough. 
So ba it basically it was like everything I was learning, I knew it. I don't know how, I just knew it. And I felt like I was making no progress. So me being young and kind of, I just decided I don't have to do this. And I just gave up on it. The more I listened to Dennis and Solomon describe Liberty's Kitchen, the more apparent it became that the culinary skills taught there often take a back seat to the other learning that happens. Liberty's Kitchen is not here fundamentally just to train young people to be chefs. I think that's the most common um, assessment uh, that's made about what we do as an organization. That is not the end game. That is not the end point. If we're really in the business of self-sustainability or the provision of self-sustainability or a pathway to self-sustainability for young people, it starts with power. It starts with them recognizing their own individual power. Money is not equated to that. It's part of it, but I think people juxtapose those uh, inequitably when they talk about the importance of young people. They equate the money to power because that's how it's translated to them. It's our job and our organizations to make them understand that power, power comes in your voice. It starts with your voice. It starts with how you feel. It starts how you interact with others. Dennis says that in his experience, food service provides one of the best environments for cultivating these social and emotional skills. People who have had experiences in hotel, customer service type of jobs have been able to take those skill sets and apply them across the board into all manners and facets of work outside of the culinary area. My real first job, like signed the W-2, got a paycheck for, was um, Cafe Dumont, which is a local staple, right? But it's, it's very, it's very fast food, very high pace, very. Uh, tourist, customer, interfacing, uh, and there's a lot you have to learn on the fly uh, really quickly. And, you know, it's a lot that, you know, you could easily just say it's just selling donuts to tourists, but, you know, there's a lot of skill set development that happens in a place like that, and, and I still uh, reckon to the fact that now at my age, when I'm in front of the board of directors, I take a moment to focus myself, and I'm, I'm still kind of that guy behind the cash register with the paper hat, you know, putting on uh, not a show, but making sure I'm very uh, transparent, customer focused, uh, time efficient, and making sure that everybody has a very good experience uh, with the hope that they're gonna come back. Solomon seemed to agree. Working in kitchens helps to teach a whole variety of important life skills. The most important thing that I've learned, The most important thing that I've learned is funny because it actually has nothing to do with cooking. The most important thing that I have learned is how to deal with my anger here. I actually, this is where I found the root of my anger. Yeah, so I was actually able to on, so. It was a change, I can say that. It was a big change. It's like getting tore down and then getting rebuilt. Most kitchens are designed to transform ingredients into nutritious meals. 
In addition to this fundamental purpose, Catalyst Kitchens provide an environment for professional transformation that opens doors for employment opportunities. As the number of jobs in food service continues to grow, this work has never been more important. To me, that's no better feeling. Just like when I'm in back of house and I'm cooking and then someone comes back or one of the um, front of house people comes back and says, oh, this table really loved their burger. Or this table really liked their salad. You know, it's all about what you put into it because people think cooking is just measuring and chopping and this, that. Like cooking is actually love. Like if you don't love what you do when you're cooking, it's gonna show. And if you love what you do when you're cooking, that shows even harder. Cooking is love, simple as that. And that is our show. Thank you for listening. If this world of food, job training, and community development is of interest to you, stay tuned for more stories from Catalyst Kitchens Radio. Lastly, we owe a huge shout out to Danny Barksdale, who so graciously loans us all of his recording equipment and volunteers his time to edit audio. This podcast would not be possible without his knowledge and support. Our music is courtesy of Adir LC. Check them out on Spotify if you like what you hear. A special thanks to Joya, Solomon, and the other students from Liberty's Kitchen for sharing their stories with me. We also want to acknowledge all the chefs that interviewed with us. Finally, a big thank you to Dennis Bagneris, CEO of Liberty's Kitchen, for taking time to sit down with me and dig into real issues going on in New Orleans. To learn more about Liberty's Kitchen, you can visit www.libertyskitchen.org. That's all I got. Thank you.